Welcome to Trust the Trail. I am your outdoor guide, Ariane Petrucci. For the next 300 miles, I'll be taking you on my own personal journey backpacking north on the Appalachian Trail from Georgia through the Great Smoky Mountains and beyond. I'll be sharing with you my thoughts, my feelings, all my experiences, how my gear worked, what to do, what not to do, some gear reviews, but a lot of personal feelings. Enjoy. Well, damn it, my lungs finally decided to catch up to my hike. <laughs> oh man, those first two days were rough. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in full, you know, in, in full exposure of, um, of uh, you know, really letting you know, I did absolutely no preparing for this hike whatsoever physically. <laughs> I had these like grand ideas of doing squats and running and you know doing these trial hikes and <laughs> none of that occurred. My life is so busy um, as is everybody's but so busy that I was pushing 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 to get all the things done that I needed to get done prior to leaving that <laughs> I did not prepare for my hike physically. Um, and I'm paid for it, for sure. Um, every muscle in my legs hurt. Uh, you know, my, my knee is flailing up um, in pain and and uh, my broken toe on the right uh, foot is giving me a little bit of trouble, but uh, none of which is unbearable by any stretch of the imagination. And it's all... It's all, it's all very, very, very doable, of course. Um, I just keep pushing through the moments of pain and, and I, I, I make it. So I just keep going. Um, but specifically, I've been having issues with my respiratory. Well, I wouldn't say actually, let me correct that. I wouldn't say an issue with my respiratory. Just simply... I'm huffing and puffing, just <laughs> like everybody else on the trail. And it's, <laughs> I don't know, the first day was hard, okay? The approach trail, hard. Those stairs, kids were flying past me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. Like, please don't, please don't do that. I have so many miles I have to do. Could you just walk, like, graciously walk behind me <laughs> but they're kids they didn't care um but day one was 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 definitely hard on my lungs uh day two was not much different except it was a bitch of like three mountains back to back to back <laughs> um sassafras being the most difficult and challenging of them all and uh yeah I was hurting. Um, I was hurting big time, my lungs were. But today, day three of all days, I thought it would take a few more days, but today I felt great. Um, I had all the same aches and pains, but my lungs finally decided to join in with my body and move in rhythm. And it, I can't even tell you how sensational it felt. 
I was able to finally go up the mountains without stopping. I wasn't getting to the top of these sections and heaving and huffing and puffing. <laughs> and it felt so energizing and it felt so good. And I knew I'd get there. It's just a matter of getting there. And it happened for me on day three. Thank freaking goodness because <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was a little tough. But anyway, so. And that's that. <laughs> Day four, Easter Sunday. Well, happy Easter, everyone. Um, we are going to try and do this here, walking. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear me in the background. <laughs> this microphone actually picks up quite a bit. Um, anyway, I just had a break and I should have pulled this out at that point but I didn't think about it I just had a break on a random log in the middle of nowhere where there were a lot of down trees because I heard church bells ringing in the background and it was I'm not a church goer but I gotta tell you it was really cool to hear uh, knowing it's Easter Sunday um, I heard them and they're just echoing in the mountains and I don't know how far away they were. I know a town is pretty close to us, nestled over here somewhere uh, to, the, to the west, but, but I mean just the sound echoing through the mountains and being all alone with no conversation whatsoever around me except the birds chirping, it was absolutely a good way to kind of get this morning started. Um, I am in the Blood Mountain Wilderness. I'm headed towards Blood Mountain, the famous Blood Mountain. Um, I'm not at all worried about it. If I got up Sassafras, I can get up Blood Mountain. So <laughs> that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, I haven't seen too many people with the exception of a group of uh, three uh, guys, um, a father and his two sons, and uh, older sons actually, and we keep doing this like passing back and forth kind of gig. Uh, so I've been seeing a lot of them, but we have yet to exchange names, oddly enough. Uh, they don't seem to be into uh, conversation, so just kind of letting them be. Um, yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk, wanted to mention something about decisions, uh, because decisions out here are no different than the decisions you make at home. But the decisions out here seem to impact you that much more greatly because, well, let's face it, you, you, you don't have another, well, I guess you do have another decision right around the corner, but you don't have something that necessarily impacts others around you. Um, with me hiking solo, my decisions are my own and I make them on a whim and they change from moment to moment depending on how I feel or depending on if somebody is at a designated site where I was hoping to go or depending on the weather. Um, 
So I've been making my decisions and so far I haven't been disappointed in myself. Um, of course, I guess you'd never know what the other end of that spectrum would be um, until you would have experienced it, which lo and behold, that doesn't really work <laughs> in real life. So um, I've got hikers coming up behind me, so I'm going to keep walking. Um, but day two was full of major decisions on my end. And uh, a large part of it was based on the weather and time. Um, you know, it poured for three straight hours and it was a very, very cold, cold, wet rain. Well, of course it was wet, but it was very cold. And my decision, instead of stopping, was to keep continuing forward and hike through it, keep my body warm, because I knew it had to end at some point, or at least let up. And at that point, I would set up camp. Well, <laughs> what ended up happening is, I just kept hiking because it kept raining, and that pushed me over Sassafras, it pushed me over the two following mountains, and I still hadn't gotten to camp. I had hoped to go, um, where I ended up, uh, but I never thought I would make it. Uh, it turns out I did, and um, that was just based on this consecutive uh, decision-making on my end, and at times I questioned it. Um, you know, I questioned if my decision was the right decision or, you know, there were a couple times where I passed up a campsite that was pretty optimal, yet it had so much trash and debris and orange peels. Um, there was a banana peel at one, and I just didn't feel like it was the safest or the wisest decision to make. So I continued, and lo and behold, it ended up working out for me in the long run, but it made for a really, really tough day because I questioned if my decisions were correct. I didn't have anybody else to confirm <laughs> that it was a good idea. You know, uh, it was all based on what I felt at the moment. And, I, you know, there were a couple times where I stood there and I was like, okay, should I stay? Should I go? And... Day eight. Short mileage, but a big payoff. Yesterday, I uh, started my hike back north again on the Appalachian Trail, um, starting at Unicoi Gap. I had taken an absolutely needed uh, rest day, so um, they're referred to as zero days out here. A zero day is where you take a full day off of hiking, um, rest, relax, resupply, clean up, do your laundry, whatever the case is, but you're not hiking on the AT. So yesterday was day seven was my zero day and it was absolutely superb. Um, Scott came up to meet me with the two dogs, Cal and Dino, and uh, it was it was perfect. We found this um, we found this absolutely amazing 
cabin, uh, Appalachian Mountain Campground, or I'm sorry, it's just Appalachian Campground. And they had these cabins for rental for $40, and it came with a deck right besides this, like, you know, really small creek, but it had such a beautiful sound to it, and it was just babbling, and it almost sounds like when you were in the room, it sounded like it was raining outside, and it was just so soothing and so relaxing. Um, it was enclosed deck, so the dogs could come and go as they wanted, and it was just, it was just a perfect zero day, but... Zero days always end, and um, I got back on the trail yesterday um, at Unicoi, like I said, and, um, you know, Unicoi Gap, <laughs> or, you know, you're at Unicoi, and it, man, it goes straight up, all the way up to Trey Mountain, and it is pretty intense. It's about 5.7 miles to get to Trey Mountain Shelter, so um, you probably... You're probably about about five miles to get up there, but your elevation gain is um, probably about ooh, uh, about fifteen hundred feet, um, give or take. But it is um, it's pretty significant. The mountain keeps going up and up, and you and you actually go through two large elevation gains um, and losses. So. Well, one true loss, but two major elevation gains, and it's pretty significant. But so Trey Mountain, I believe, is the second highest peak in Georgia, and so we're on up here. We're about four thousand four hundred feet, um, give or take a few extra in there. Um, so yesterday was a little tougher. After resting and relaxing, it was a little harder to get up the mountain for sure. It felt as though my lungs had taken the day off <laughs> and decided to stay back at the campground. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a beast getting up, um, but I made it. I made it within really decent time. And um, it helped because it was slightly overcast. Um, and then when I got up, I finally got up to Trey Mountain, it was a lot smaller of a viewpoint than I had anticipated. I was expecting it to be some big, um, you know, like big rock face that, you know, everybody collects upon. And <laughs> it was, it was just a very narrow view out, but the view, even though you didn't have much room up there to gather, it was absolutely absolutely breathtaking it was so beautiful and I got up there started hiking up the mountain while it was um starting to to, to rain it was it was raining pretty hard and it would come and go and um and kind of on and off and go through little spurts of it and there were only like a short two three minute spurt of rain I get up to Trey Mountain and my view is beautiful. I see the storm clouds rolling, but I turn around and I see nothing but gnarly looking clouds coming right at me. <laughs> and I mean, they have like coloration in them. They were so gnarly. And, and I was like, Oh, this is going to get interesting really fast. And sure enough, I, I pull out my camera and shoot a, you know, a couple um, images of the views before it goes away because I know I'm about to be like entirely engulfed in a rain cloud <laughs> and 
sure as hell, I put my camera away, thank God, and it just starts pouring buckets of rain. It's just coming down sideways. It's coming from the ground up. It's coming from, you know, above. It's, I mean, it's just like slaughtering you. <laughs> and they were big, fat rain pellets too. And so you had, you were just within an instant soaked, just soaked, all of everything soaked. And uh, of course I had, I had my rain gear on. I was prepared for it. I knew it was coming, but um, still. So I bolted off that mountain right as somebody came up um, and greeted them and, and then moved on down the way to the shelter, which was less than a mile away. So I was more than happy to get there, but the entire way there was a short uh, downhill to get off of Trey and then pretty level for the most part to get into Trey Mountain Shelter um, and so I was seeking some solitude obviously to get out of the rain seeking that shelter and um, the trail was just a river uh, just a river of gushing water coming your way no matter how you cut it you couldn't stay out of it um, at times um, the water was almost ankle deep. <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was such an, it was such a hard downpour um, that, yeah, there was no trail. I was hiking through a river, <laughs> which was, which was fine. I've been, I've been in that before. It was a lot of fun. Um, but of course, by the time I got to the shelter, I was soaked to the bone and there were there were about seven or eight other people there. Every single one of them managed to make the shelter before the, the rain. <laughs> so I was the only wet one. Um, so I hung out there, switched out my clothing into dry clothing so I didn't lose my body warmth. Um, and so I sat there, ate my lunch, ate my snacks, and just kind of like shot the shit with, you know, the people in the shelter and then of course it stops raining and uh, somebody looked at their radar and saw that it was good to keep going and so the whole shelter packed up and left and and I was left to just kind of enjoy enjoy the quiet time <laughs> for about 10 minutes until somebody came in and everybody started filtering in little by little by little soaked to the bone so everybody was seeking the shelter and it was it was a really um, fun group of people, so um, I met Keenan and Luke, two guys that are section hiking from Florida. Um, they are only allowed a week off of work because their work has gotten so busy, so um, they took the week and, and continuing on section hiking um, they're trying to keep going north in little snippets as they're able. Their next group is three months off down the road. And so I, you know, kudos to you guys and, and keep on trucking on and get back out there as soon as you can. They are finishing up their section hike today. They were a ton of fun to get to talk to. They were first two in to the shelter after everybody had left. And then also Ben, I met up with Ben again. Ben is from Maine. He's hiking home. Um... I met Ben at Slaughter Creek right before heading up Blood Mountain and caught back up with him again. He's also getting off for his zero day tomorrow. And so everybody's already headed out north and I'm sitting here 
looking at the views from Trey Mountain Shelter, a rock outcrop, and just doing this before I start my hike for a whole new day and a whole new experience. Um, but it was interesting because I, I almost started to pack up after everybody started coming in. and Well, I did pack up. Packed up to go, and I was battling my decision. Do I keep pushing forward? You know, you have no idea what the weather's supposed to be. You can only guesstimate and do the best you can. And I only had done 5.7 miles, so my mileage was significantly low for what I've been averaging. Of course, it was my first day back in the game, and I had had pretty significant elevation gain on that. So I was okay with possibly staying. Um, but I wanted to, my, my gut reaction was I wanted to push forward because of the mileage. And it was an interesting thought to be in, you know, cause I'm, cause I'm out here, out here to hike and to reconnect to nature and enjoy the beauty and, and to just be out here. And there is no timetable. There is no race, but yet something in the back of my mind was like, well, my mileage is too low today. I can't stop. And I kept fighting myself on that. No, it's okay. It's okay that your mileage is low. You know, maybe you just stay put. You know, you have, you have a shelter here. Your next shelter, in case it does downpour on you again, is in another 7.4 miles away, I think it is. Um, and that would, that would, put me at deep gap shelter and I and I was like well seven it was it was two o'clock and I felt like pushing you know seven miles was was going to be a challenge for me my lungs weren't up to par and I was still soaking wet um so I put on all my wet clothes thinking okay mileage wins I'm going to keep pushing forward towards deep gap and and see how far I can manage to get. And I'm probably just find a nestled spot along the way and camp out there. But then I started to my hike. I actually packed all my gear, started my hike. And the last things I said to Keenan and Luke before I left is, uh, well, there's no turning back now. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is there is turning back. There's always a turn back, uh, which is exactly what I did. Um, I got past this outcrop, which is maybe like 300 feet from the shelter. And I was, my, you know, my feet, were, my, my shoes were soaking wet. My socks were soaking wet. I didn't want to, I didn't want a chance putting on my only other pair of dry socks in soaking wet boots in case I needed them for the remain, the next day. Um... And I could just sense that within half a mile I would be forming, you know, onset of blisters. And I chose, I chose to turn back and I felt like it was the wisest decision um, for what I was facing. I was going, still had a lot of elevation loss and gain to do. And I, I knew that all the campsites would be pretty saturated at this point. Um, they would obviously dry up. I would dry up as I started hiking. My clothes would dry up with the warmth of my body, but I decided to turn back. So I turned back and I walked back with a smile on my face and I said, well, funny, turns out you can turn back. <laughs> 
And um, I stayed there. I stayed there last night, and I decided to test my hand at um, sleeping in one of the shelters. So last night, I successfully and very comfortably slept in a Trey Mountain shelter, and it was... I felt like I had a good shelter to test it at. Um, I had amazing views from the shelter. I had incredible company, uh, which I was actually very much enjoying the company. And I decided to be social and interact with the crowds and <laughs> um, just kind of let the mileage be what it was and seep the reward that I had in front of me rather than moving forward into the unknown. And it ended up being probably one of the best decisions I've made um, on the trail, and I felt really good about it. Um, we had a wonderful time talking last night. We stayed up and until the sun went down, and we immensely enjoyed everyone's company. There were four of us in the shelter, uh, Keenan, Luke, Ben, and I, and none of us have slept in the shelters yet, so it was all of our first time. Um, it was very, very comfortable, and we watched an amazing sunset. Even though through the trees, it was the, this blood orange sunset that just kind of lit everything up at the last minute as it seeps through, you know, as it as it kind of came down through the two different uh, sections of clouds. And it was just so beautiful. And we all snuggled up into our sleeping bags. The wind wind started kicking up like a, like a, bitch of a bitch of a storm and of course it started downpour <laughs> and it was a short-lived downpour but it was um it was still grateful to be dry in the shelter and and have that company and company of a few mice as well but none of which did any damage to anything and um they weren't obnoxious it was just a it was a was a gnawing in the wood, and it was fine, and it was kind of soothing. It was kind of cute, <laughs> knowing that they weren't in my pack. I actually left my pack open last night, um, thinking, you know, I've taken every precaution I have in protecting my stuff and, and putting all my food in, um, you know, freezer-dried bags so that the smell is reduced. And, you know, I've been very cognizant of, of keeping smells out of my pack the best I can. Um, but I still, I left my pack open. I left the zippers open. Um, I didn't want to give them a reason. I'd rather have mice pellets in my bag to kind of shuffle out in the morning than have a big hole for them trying to get into something that they smelt that wasn't even there. So... Um, it worked to my advantage, or perhaps the mice didn't even want to go near it. I don't know, but either way, my gear is safe, and I was very grateful waking up that way. But yeah, so that was my night. It was, it was, it was well spent. Um, big, big payoff for a decision I had made that was kind of a tough decision to make on my end initially. Um, today, I am... Moving forward, um, I'm not really sure where I'll end up. I'm going to not make a plan and hike until I feel like it's right to stop. Um, I'm probably going to 
not hit up a shelter. I'm probably going to um, camp solo tonight. Um, the shelters outside of last night have have uh, they've been fun, but I'm enjoying my solitude, and I think I'm ready for a night of just kind of rest and relaxation um, alone. But we'll see. You never know. I never have a plan going into the day, really. Not a structured plan, I should say. I have a loose agenda of possible points where I might want to go. And so far, I haven't really held too many of those. <laughs> but um, I'm either in for a 12-mile day, a 15-mile day, or perhaps I'll fall short for like a 9-mile day. So only time will tell. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's thoughts on my 300-mile journey north on the AT. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, we really enjoy doing these. I am having a load of fun uh, kind of taking over and, and, and bringing you some thoughts and, and trials from uh, the Appalachian Trail. So stay tuned, obviously. If you want to see my gear list, uh, go to thebackpacker.tv. My gear list is posted there. You can see what I'm taking. If you have any questions, any thoughts, comments, um, and you want to speak directly to me, um, you can go to thebackpacker.tv, ask us, and we can have a live one-on-one. -on -one. How cool, right? So, yeah. Um, well, I hope you all have a wonderful week. I will see you again next Thursday. See you out on the trail. Bye.